Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello and welcome back to the Matrix Green Pool podcast. I'm Hilmarie Hutchison. Today I'm so excited to be joined by Brendan Hansford. He is an award-winning international creative, choreographer, and director for stage and screen. Brendan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on. Some of our listeners might know who you are, but for those who don't, could you please introduce yourself? My name is Brendan Hansford. I'm from the UK. I moved to the UAE about a year and a half ago. I'm a creative choreographer and director for stage and screen. I've had a pretty awesome career from being a dancer for 10 years into being a choreographer full time and then also becoming a director. You've done a lot. So did you start? Did you say you started with the dancing? Yeah, so I was a dancer. I went to Laban Center in the UK, which is a contemporary ballet school, and trained as a dancer, also trained in every other dance style. I traveled the world learning from amazing people all over the place. As a dancer, I got to do some really, really cool jobs for about 10 years. I hit a certain age and injuries were starting to kind of catch up with me. And I made the decision after almost wanting to train as a life coach as well. Doing that life coaching training made me realize, actually, I really miss the creative dance world. I switched over to being a choreographer. And I still say to this day, that's kind of where my career actually started. You know, I got to work with Sam Smith, Ross Stewart, Rick Ashley, Panasonic, Renault, BBC, ITV. There's a lot of credits. I can't remember them all. So that's kind of where my career started. However, I've always played with a camera from an early age, you know, to film dance and take pictures of dance. I also learned how to edit. So at some point, people started to notice these really cool dance concept videos I was doing. And I got asked to direct some pieces here and there. And weirdly enough, here in the UAE, I've done a lot of directing work and a lot of cinematography work. So they've become hand in hand now, choreography and uh, directing. So that's mostly what I'm doing here. How did you get into mentoring performers and, and others? If we go way back, I used to run a dance studio. So as a dancer, it was always a dream of mine to open a dance school. Back in England, in a little place called Wellingarn City, I found this plot of land that used to be an old scout's hut. And I managed to get a loan from the bank and bought this land and converted this, what I would call, it was brick, this very empty shell of a place into a dance studio. Ran that for five years. But throughout those five years, I learned lots of business skills I didn't learn beforehand being just a dancer. Those skills accumulated very quickly and I used them to also promote myself as a dancer and a choreographer. So fast forward a few years, I was helping a lot of dancers because I used to teach at a studio called Pineapple in London. So I'd see a lot of graduates, I'd see a lot of dancers come in and they would chat to me after class and say, you know, I'm really struggling. I'm a good dancer, but I just, I can't seem to find the work. So I would constantly give them advice on how to brand themselves properly. And then once they have their branding in place, what to do with it, how to network, how to follow up, how to get in the right places and basically treat themselves like a business rather than a dancer, if that makes sense. Because this sort of thing isn't really taught in dance schools. You get taught how to dance and the history of dance, but you don't really get taught how to find work as a dancer. So at some point, I had this great idea. I initially started as a blog, and I put out this thing saying, hey, I'm looking for an amazing dancer. I'm not going to teach you how to dance. To basically give my branding entrepreneurial business 101 formula on you to prove this works. So the idea was that I would pay for everything, the photos, the videos, websites, and then teach them how to network properly, filming it for a YouTube blog to boost my channel, should we say. Short version is it, it kind of went viral. Well, viral for me, I wouldn't say viral for the influencers. There was thousands and thousands of dancers interested in doing this. I didn't actually expect that reaction. So then I went back to them and said, all right, let's take this a step further. If you are really interested, put a post on Instagram. It can be any picture and just say in that picture, you know, why you would be right for this. Now, the trick here is for a dancer to go, you know, put the hand up and say, hi, I'm struggling is a big no-no. We're always taught, you know, smoke and mirrors. Don't let people know you're struggling. Don't let people know you're not working. You've always got to pretend you're doing well. So people want to hire you. 
create demand, etc. From the thousands of initial applicants, it went down to around 130, maybe 150 people that actually put a message out on Instagram. We then whittled down to an audition of 30 people. We auditioned them. Again, we went down to five people. We interviewed them. And for this audition, I invited one of my best friends along, James Williams, who's a DP, incredible DP. So if anyone is looking for one, James Williams, he came and filmed with his professional camera at this point, said to me, Brendan, this is, this is so much bigger than just a blog. You're right, actually. And so the shorter version, I promise, is we ended up creating a movie called Building a Dancer, which is all about taking one dancer that is struggling, giving her all the branding, business skills to succeed in this industry. It's a beautiful movie. It originally went out on iTunes, Google, and Amazon Prime very recently. I've actually taken it off and put it on YouTube for free for anyone to go and watch. And alongside that video is also a 10-step branding guide for dancers and performers that they can follow from mindset all the way through to the pictures, videos, websites, networking, how to write a proper email, you know, how to create an email signature, which I know to the people listening, it might seem like very simple stuff. But when you've grown up doing nothing but dancing and no one's really told you this stuff, it's like an explosion, you know, suddenly everything happens. My message that I put out to everyone is, you know, to be seen by a business, you need to be acting like a business, you know, to work with professionals, you've got to be professional. So it's all these little things that I've been kind of teaching over the years. The way it's looked mentoring-wise, it can be one-on-one. I had a company in the UK for quite a few years where I would mentor all of them. And everyone that's come in and out has got on to have a really successful career. And now I'm revisiting all that. Now COVID's kind of finally not disappearing, but fading out. And actually writing a book and creating an app that could potentially be really, really helpful for every freelancer, not just performers in the world. Let's just step back to when you first bought that plot of land and created the business. What was one of the biggest challenges you had or the biggest learnings maybe during that phase? First off, getting the money. That was learning how to write a business plan, which I'd never done. Trying to convince someone to give me money. It wasn't a lot of money looking back now, but at the time, someone who's a dancer doesn't get paid a lot. It was a lot of money. My amazing father also helped me out a lot with that as well and put his name to everything and made that happen for me. The second thing was I didn't have enough money to pay contractors and builders. I kind of stopped dancing for four to six months and learned how to build. I can literally tell you how to build a big stud partition wall and plasterboard it and make it look good. You know, how you should fix mirrors to the wall. You can't put them straight to the wall because then they, they missed up when you get sweaty and you have to leave a gap. And I could go on forever. I basically became a builder four to six months. If I had just paid someone, <laughs> it probably would have taken two months. It potentially cost the same because the amount of mistakes I made and, you know, the running back and forth to the hardware store to buy stuff because I just didn't know, you know, I was learning from YouTube videos. I was guessing a lot of the stuff and kind of hoping that this would work. So yeah, looking back, there was a lot of learning curves about that. And then actually opening the studio and trying to make money. You know, the opening day was a massive success. We had hundreds of dancers come through the building. But then the next day and then the next week and the next three weeks, it was quiet. And I was like, I don't understand what's going wrong. We've got this amazing space, these amazing teachers and I'm paying way too much money. I don't understand why people aren't coming. And then obviously I got into the world of branding and marketing and how to reach out to people. And this is uh, a little bit before Instagram became a big thing. So Facebook was still the main publicity tool. And then obviously I had my talents of video and photos. So I started to put that into my marketing side and trying to create this thread because the studio was based just outside London. And most people would go into London to train because that's where all the big teachers were. And so it was convincing people to not go into London 
and stay and come to this studio and I will pay the teachers from London to come out and teach in this. I don't want to say village because it's not that small a town, but there was a big kind of following for dance there. There was a lot of learning curves. Excellent. Well, you know, as you say, you could have paid someone, but you would not have such a cool story to tell. So that's the positive. And you learn some excellent life skills doing this yourself as well. Yeah. And I got to really back through the process as well. Okay. That was not so good. One question I should just ask you is when you say dancing, what kind of dancing are we talking about? Is there anything in particular that you focus on or is it just like any and all types of dancing? Well, me personally, I originally trained ballet contemporary dance and then I traveled the world learning all the street dance styles, which includes breakdance, locky, popping, house wacky, waving. There's an endless list. And then also after that progressed on to kind of more jazzy theater, commercial jazz and then commercial fusion. And, you know, now I describe myself on my website as a melting pot of styles and expressionism. But at the studio, we had everything. We had pole dancers in one night. You know, we had tap dancers the next night. We'd have street dance. We'd have the lessons I teach. We'd have modern classical, contemporary. The studio literally had every single dance style with a youth company that I ran at the weekends, including an adult professional company that represented the studio. Trying to think back, we even opened a therapy room in the corner of the studio at one point and tried to make that work, which was actually pretty good. The business grew as time went on and, you know, certain spaces got utilized in different ways. So one of the other learning things is I need a residual income. So having a therapy room and able to rent that out to someone for an extra £250 a month really helped to pay off the loan, shall we say. Then you came up with this fantastic idea to mentor someone. I mean, that was a brilliant idea. And as you say, it went much bigger than you imagined. And this then spawned the documentary, right? Yeah, exactly. So I'd actually sold the studio at this point because another injury crept in and it kind of put me at a point where I was like, the studio became a bit of a ball and chain and I couldn't really do much with it. So I decided to sell the property. Made a really good profit. So I'm happy with that. And the injury took about a year to repair. So I needed that money to kind of live. So the mentoring thing really happened from that point because I went into life coaching. Initially, I took a weekend life course, life coaching course where you have all these breakthroughs and revelations and you notice things about yourself you've never seen and it kind of goes on. But I carried on training with them because... I then had this idea that I'm injured, I can't dance, I need to start thinking about a new career path. So I decided to start training as a life coach. And I loved it because I love helping people. I've always loved helping people. It's kind of something built in. I think it's because my dad's a teacher and he's obviously very good at teaching and mentoring. So I think it's come from him. But throughout the course, you know, I had an incredible coach who I was constantly in contact with who helped me realize that I don't have to leave the creative industry just because my body's not working the way it should anymore. I realized that I need to move on. I'd always been a creative person. I'd always been choreographing, even though I was a dancer officially. That was my next step. You know, I wanted to then choreograph. Now that involves running dance classes and becoming a teacher more so. And it's from that that I kept seeing the same problem again and again and again. I'm in the industry. I've got my picture. I've got my CV. I don't know what to do because that's all they've been taught is you walk around with a picture and a CV in your bag. Anyone ever says anything, you give it to them like that's ever you know worked for anybody. Maybe 25, 30 years ago, that was the thing because the casting directors would be at the dance studios. They would be at those places. With the birth of the internet and email and social media, you cannot just rely on that anymore. You need to put yourself out there as a business. Because I kept hearing it again and again from people and I'd say, let's have a coffee, let's chat. And I give them the advice and I give them the advice and I give them the advice. And I was watching these dancers go on to be successful from that advice, the ones who actually followed it. That's what led me on to kind of showing the world what this, I, I called it a formula, this formula can do. It's not a formula, it's basic business skills. By taking that and applying it to an industry that doesn't really have it, suddenly it goes out to the water. I wanted to help more people. So rather than helping a select few people that I meet, I wanted to see if I could help a lot of people. And yeah, that was the idea. It kind of spawned from that. 
You know, that just makes me think, you know, we always say with school sometimes, kids are taught a lot of things that they'll never use the rest of their lives. But these practical business skills that could make the biggest difference to your life, you don't get taught that. So that you could see that back, that that gap in the market, especially for dancers, was brilliant. So what was it like being part of a documentary or creating a documentary? It was expensive because I was funding it myself. I think I spent about £15,000 of my own money to get it going. Because again, it started off as a vlog. So I already had cameras. I didn't think I'd need to spend any money. I was calling in favors left, right and center. In my head, I was like, this is just going to be a cool YouTube vlog. People can watch it. It will raise my profile. It will help a lot of people. Yay, everyone's a winner. But then when it became bigger and I decided with my uh, partner, strict best friend, James Williams, to turn it into a full feature movie, oof, suddenly everything became a learning curve. Because when you're creating a movie, you're going to put out to the public. The smallest amount you need to get released agreement. So the models, the locations, anything you put on film, someone has to sign something to say that we're allowed to use that in a commercial project like to make money. So one, I had to backtrack and think, who have I filmed? God, I filmed hundreds of people already. And then I had to locate all those people. And if we couldn't locate them, we had to blur them out in the film. So if you watch it, you'll see random faces blurred here and there. It's quite funny, actually. So that was one learning curve. And then obviously the money to pay for everything because it grew from a simple, let's film it in my flat. Let's film it here. Let's you know, beg and borrow studios to I now have to pay for everything because I'm filming a commercial project. Even the studios that were allowing me the space for free because they were good friends of mine were saying, look, you're doing this for to make money now. It's not just a YouTube video anymore. It's, it's bigger. We're going to have to charge you, especially if you want us to sign this location release. The money started kind of shifting out of my account quick, but I was so deep into it, I couldn't stop. Then we wanted to build the story. So we're editing as we go and we're like, we need the backstory to make this a, a watchable movie. So then I flew me, the dancer, my DP over to Cyprus where the dancer was from. And we did a whole backstory of a family, traveled around and it was actually an amazing experience. I don't regret any of it. Get to the end of the film. We spent probably three months editing it and then we, we showed it to friends and family and got feedback. We showed it to people we didn't know. We got feedback. We showed it to more people. We got feedback. Finally, we got to a movie that we were kind of happy with. It was like, wow, this is really good. Then I had to figure out, well, where is it going to go? What do I do now. So I didn't know anything. I was zero knowledge on this. So I figured out I had to get something called an aggregator, which then takes the film and then puts it onto the platforms, iTunes, Google, Amazon Prime, which are the three we went on. Oh, I wish it was that simple. And then we had to go back and re-edit everything in a certain codec because they needed a certain way to deliver it over. Great. Oh, have you got the closed captions? Sorry. Oh yeah, everything that goes on here now has to have closed captions. Next thing you know, I'm paying for someone to create subtitles and closed captions for it. Okay, you know it's only English, so it can only go in a certain amount of countries. No, I didn't know that. So we cannot put it in any other countries. No, brilliant. So do you want it to go in other countries? Because we're going to have to pay someone else to translate it into it. I didn't in the end because I, like, I can't afford it. It grew basically. And all these things kept coming at me like a new thing each day. Have you got this? Have you got that? Have you got this? So I suddenly went from being a guy on camera that was filming with a first person perspective camera to being a producer, which I'd never done. And then being the one that's actually funding it and bankrolling it and getting it on the platform. And then of course, afterwards, marketing. That was probably the hardest bit. And I'd spent a lot of money on Facebook and Instagram marketing because that was, uh, seemed like the best way to get it out at first. And it did. It eventually covered break even. I'd never really made a lot of money from it, but it eventually broke even, which is good. I suppose what I'm saying is all of it was a learning curve. And I feel like you're probably going to ask me more questions. It's going to be the same. Everything I've done, I've gone headfirst into most of the time, not having a clue what I need to do and just figuring it out as I go. So there's a lot of backtracking through the story. Yeah, there was a lot of learning involved in that. 
Incredible. You certainly do like to go in head first and have huge learning curves along the way. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's an interesting story that you've got there. So well done, though, that you stuck with it, even when it got difficult. Like you said, when you don't know what you don't know, every around every corner, there's something new that you haven't thought about. And that is actually the best saying, what you don't know, you don't know. And I couldn't agree more. Because if you knew everything ahead of time, you probably would not have done it. So it's good that you just started. Let's just shift a little bit then to the UAE. What inspired the move to the UAE? So uh, rewind to the beginning of COVID. Well, when COVID really hit bad for the UK, I was actually in Thailand because I had the busiest year planned ahead of me. I had so much work ahead of me. I was like, wow, it's going to be incredible. It's like finally wait till this type of year. I've got a month off. I'm going to go to Thailand. I'm going to have a break. I'm going to chill out. I'm going to do the things I've wanted to do in terms of traveling. Weekend, the government is saying everyone needs to come home. As much as I was like, oh, I could just stay in Thailand for this whole period. No one knew how long it was going to be. My lovely brother was like, the healthcare there is not good. So if you get sick, it's better you come home. So I had to cut this journey short by from four weeks down to one, find a way home. And I managed to get the last flight out of Bangkok home. And instantly I'm, I'm in my flat. I'm on my own. And all the jobs that I had booked in or cancelled or delayed, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So like most people, I got on my fitness. I did lots of quizzes on Zoom and you know got through that period. It opened up, things started to happen again. UK closed down again, but all disappeared again. It opened up and then again, you know, started to make connections, start to get funding, start to get things moving again. And then again, the UK closed down around Christmas time. I remember it really clearly. At this point, I'm living in a four by four room in Hampstead in London, thinking I'm going to go nuts and crawl the walls if I don't get out. Now, one of my close friends who's a choreographer from New York was living in Dubai. I obviously saw in his stories that he was working and he was doing things. I was like, oh my God, what's what's the difference? So I gave him a call and said, hey dude, what's it like in Dubai right now? I said, dude, there's restrictions, but it's open. You can work. They will love you here. Come. And me being me, to flight for three days later, got on a flight, surprised him, knocked on his door at like eight in the morning. I was like, hey dude, I'm here. I'm crashing at yours tonight. That was it. You know, I just came. I just came. You know, initially I didn't know if I was staying and the intention was to come and see if I can find work, see if there's anything available here. So next day I was in a hotel. By the third day, I'd found a place to live in one of these apartment hotels. And then I was on my computer pretty much straight for two weeks, emailing, messaging everyone I could find, popping out to meet people for coffees here and there. Within the first two weeks, I'd already secured a, a weekly teaching job, Sharjah Performing Arts Academy, who are amazing. They are officially the first ever Performing Arts Academy in the whole of the Middle East. So I was like a privilege to teach for them and help them launch the first ever dance course in the Middle East, degree professional level. And then I got a filming job and then I got this and I got this. That was in the first month. And I was like, whoa, this is really happening. So I popped home, packed up my flat, sold everything. And 10 years later, I was back living in UAE. And I haven't stopped working since, you know, whether it be a small job up to the really, really big jobs. Definitely not a regret, but that's why I'm here. Fantastic. And so that's what you're doing now, doing all kinds of different things. You're not set into just one mentoring or one dancing, or you are doing all sorts of different things. And this is all the life skills you've picked up over the last years has opened it up for you to be able to do this. Yeah, it's funny because the email I send out to everyone is like, hey, I'm a creative choreographer and director, which already sounds a lot. And then at the bottom, I put other professional skills, photography, editing, cinematography, teaching, mentoring, speaking, acting, dancing. And this big list comes down. And whenever people speak to me, they go, can you really do all of that to a professional level? I'm like, yep. And they're like, how? I said, well, I get bored. And then I learn stuff and I get really obsessed by it. Maybe I have ADHD or something. I don't know. But I get really into stuff. And before you know it, I'm down the rabbit hole. And yeah, there you go. You know, like, for example, 
example, I learned how to do Facebook and Instagram marketing because I had to. So I found myself for weeks reading everything I could find on how to launch a successful um, marketing campaign. And actually, I've done it for a few businesses as well. So they then asked me to do it for them. And so far, Touchwood, I haven't had a campaign that's failed. So, But that's not something I do a lot. It's just once I've done them, the promotional video or the commercial or the ad, I say, you know, what are you going to do with it now? And they're like, well, I'm not sure. I was thinking of doing this. And I say, well, I can do this because it's not something I list. I generally say, look, just give me the advertising money. If I can hit the target, pay me. If I can't, don't pay me. And that's a, a lot of the jobs I've got doing that side of things, which again, is not something I promote. It's just something I can offer sometimes. What I'm hearing you saying is that learning is um, very important. You were, you've always been open to learning, taking on new challenges, not being limited to, well, I'm a dancer, that's all I do. But you've just been open to taking on all sorts of things. And that's what's made you successful. Well done. It's a freelance world, right? <laughs> so... To be a good freelancer and be working constantly, you can't just say, I'm just a dancer because then you'll be you'll be waiting for the next job. There's only so many emails you can send, right? Or messages you can send or coffee meetings you can have by including your skill set and upping and upping and upping. A good example, for example, what I see a lot here is there's a lot of dancers that can also do aerial, who can also do pole dancing or silks, or they have a different talent roller skating. And actually you'll find their work gets really split quite evenly between their skill sets. Whereas coming here and just saying, this is all I do and this is all I want to do, you really limit the amount of people you can work for here, especially in the entertainment industry. I think that's very, very valuable advice. Thank you very much. We've actually gone a lot longer than we normally do on this segment. Oh, sorry. No worries. <laughs> I mean, you've got a brilliant story. It's fantastic. But now we've come to the segment of our show where I'll ask you a few rapid fire questions, our version of a game show. Are you ready? Yay. What's your go-to comfort food? Burger. <laughs> Every time. Your favorite uh, travel destination? Thailand at the moment. But I haven't traveled to all the places I want to yet. But Thailand is definitely up there. What is one thing you do every day, no matter how busy you are? Drink my coffee in the morning. Thank you very much. That was a very short game show. Thank you for playing along. So before we wrap up, we'd like to ask you about your green pool moment. Have you had an experience, a life-changing experience or an inspiring experience that was your green pool moment or something that made a change for you in your life? There's definitely been a lot. I'm not going to lie. I think the biggest change was when I went to life coaching. There was many habits and there was many learned behaviors and things that I was doing that I didn't realize I was doing that was holding me back. And going on just a three-day live course where you were there every day from morning to night and the amount of breakthroughs I had, the amount of things I realized about myself that I liked, didn't like, and things I'd done to other people you know, as a young person making mistakes. That was a defining moment for me where my whole life changed and completely shifted into a, a new, better direction. And I became a better person, I'll be honest, you know, a much better person. And I like who I am now. So yeah, for me, taking the plunge, spending the money and going on a life coaching course where everything just exploded afterwards. So that's my green pill. Well, thank you so much, Brenda. This has been so inspiring talking to you. My goodness, you have done so much. You've accomplished so much. So thank you for sharing that um, with us here. And I'm so sure that our listeners are going to be as inspired by your story as I am. Before we say goodbye, though, could you please tell our listeners where they can find and follow you? Oh, super easy. It's literally my name.com. So brennanhansel.com and my website links to all my social medias. Or if you want to go direct to social media, just type in my name, you'll find me. Obviously, I'm available for work if you need me with any creatives, uh, choreography, directing, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, super easy to find me. You've done really well with that marketing thing. I can see that. Yeah, you Google my name, you'll find me straight away, I promise. There's also a link to the video and to your tips on your website. Yeah, so if you go to my website under directing, you'll see Building a Dance of the Movie. From there, you go 
to the YouTube channel and then your, it will link you all to the um, step-by-step videos on how to brand yourself. We'll put all of this in our show notes as well so people can find you easily. Thank you so much again for being here today. It's been absolutely brilliant. I wish you all the very best and I will be following your story and seeing where you go next. I'm sure it'll be something that you dive into head first. Amazing. Thank you so much. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.